Welcome to Sugar We're Going Down Swinging for a podcast where we go track by Runamus <laughs> track till Wuda. <laughs> My name is Caitlin, and joining me until Wuda is Joe. Hello. Welcome, welcome to, to Thanks for the Memories. Of. Thanks for the Memories. Hey, thanks for the memories. A song that we were really confident that we'd already done a we week ago. we were wrong. We were dead wrong. Sorry, Saker, we were wrong. Yeah, but it is time now for thanks for the, thanks, thanks for the memories. <laughs> Joe, I really hope you put the part where I figured out how to do that on the cut content. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is going to probably be a lot like... Our other episodes on the big singles where there what the fuck do we say about a song that we have heard this many times and is this like indoctrinated into the canon i regularly think back to our first episode on sugar we're going down because i don't think we fucking said anything we said about the song nothing we said truly fucking nothing it doesn't help that it was the first one we did and we got into the swing of it eventually but uh it's definitely like so much of that was just, yeah, it's good. I've just, I've always known it to be true. And thanks for the memories. I'm sorry, thanks for the memories. It's another song like that, I think, for me. However, first time seeing the video today. <laughs> oh, boy. Wait, you had uh, never we'll seen it before? Never, never. Oh, my God. I had, but not for, like, many years. Um, So, like, the tweets that I was telling you about earlier that I saw mm-hmm. yesterday, I think. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot how fucking wild that video is. And then I watched it again today and I was like, I don't know why I don't remember how fucking odd this video is, but I sure didn't. It's completely bug nuts. It's wild. Um, But that's... We'll get to it. Not what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Uh, What do you no. think of the music, Cause... Joe? Um, I, this is interesting that I did talk about this song in detail in the last episode with Saker, but, uh, I, it's good. It, I think it fucking owns it. It's yeah, it rules. It's interesting. Cause it is like, it's not quite a welcome home situation, which I'm, I'm comparing to Coheed and Cambria's most played single. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you for saying that. Cause I was like, I don't know what the fuck Joe's talking about. <laughs> but the reason I compare it to that is because that's a song that like, you know, is there, by by a significant margin, Coheed's most played, most heard song, but it doesn't really sound like them. And uh, thanks for the memories. It's a little similar because it plays with tones that aren't like normal. They're, they're not like commonplace. Like you listen to the rest of Infinity on High, perfect record. You don't hear any other song that really plays with these uh, darker string hits mm-hmm. the same way that this song does and we also said in the last episode like this feels very much like a post i write since not tragedies song and mm-hmm. it is it definitely is yeah but and, e- and even that song does have like uh the occasional guitar on it but follow boy really does like yeah we're gonna we're gonna do panic stuff better for the verse and then do one of our best crunchy choruses in the middle and just have like Put some flamenco guitar in there. It's you know, they so just really go for it. Good. It's so good. And uh, I, I, there's a, there's so much green on this genius.com. The genius.com. Genius.com. I, I completely, my brain short circuited. <laughs> but I, I remember th- seeing like, oh yeah, the song was produced by Babyface, which I know on previous episodes, I had referenced that 
in such a way to imply that I did not know who he was because I didn't. Uh, and since then, <laughs> I now do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's great at this shit. And the reason I know that is for the exact same reason Pete Wentz knows that, because it says here, uh, we watched this movie, Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> <laughs> and Babyface is all over that soundtrack, which slaps. Perfect movie. Perfect soundtrack. But I think it's very funny that that's how Pete Wentz, professional pop musician, learned who Babyface was, is, yeah, the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack slaps, which he describes as, uh, this is punk rock written by someone who's never heard punk rock, which isn't really how I describe it, but... Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the Josie and the Pussycat soundtrack does, in fact, slap. Um, so hard! Hey, that's a movie I've seen. It's a good movie. Add it to the list of the few movies I've seen. Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> no, I like that soundtrack a lot. Um, so, like, it's really good. I can give that one to Pete. <laughs> like, yeah. I wonder if I'm trying to. I've, I've been thinking a lot about music movies lately, and I'm just wondering what Pete's favorite one is. I want to know what Pete's favorite movie is. Like, I feel like as much as I love to drag him on this show for how like much he talks about movies and references them in his songs i feel like if we ever had him as as a guest i would just talk to him about movies oh definitely we would not talk to that man about music at all it would just why be would movies. i i've thought about pete wentz's music plenty i want to know what his favorite chris nolan movie is it's probably the prestige though anyways uh yeah the song slaps they really fucking go for it there's an interview linked on this genius page that says uh uh, that Patrick says that they have grown into the song because at the time they were encouraged to go big by Babyface, and that's fascinating to me that like those absurd reaches had to grow on them because <laughs> they nail it. Yeah, no, and it's like it that it's so wild that like because we've talked shit about um Quirk Tree right and how like the we experimental have. shit going on there like didn't really land in the way that we wanted it to. But like, was the missing ingredient babyface? What is the missing ingredient babyface? I might have figured out why Clerk Tree doesn't work for me, and it might be because babyface wasn't there. How much of Infinity on High did babyface do? I would have to look. I don't know off the top of my head. I, well, I, the thing is, I just know I've seen his name around doing the, the pod before, but I would have to assume this record, because a lot of Folly Do is Pharrell uh, producing. I don't know if they've been doing... Baby with wait, I don't know if they've been working with him since hiatus. Of all the things I pay close attention to, that's unfortunately not one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it's so wild that, like, like, yeah, like for whatever reason, the ex the the way that they moved into experimenting on this song and this album is like so good. So it's so weird that they were kind of like, oh, we don't know. Yeah, it's strange, but I'm happy that it exists. Yeah, I guess Stan Babyface is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, he's he gets around. He's worked with a lot of people. I just pulled up on Genius, like, what the most popular, or most looked at, I should say, uh, lyrics that of songs he's worked on are. And it's like, this is number one, but it's not that much higher than End of the Road by Boys to Men. Um, and then Beyonce, Ariana Grande, Lil Wayne. He's, he works a lot. Damn. Uh, it's kind of like how many songs Sia has written for people who aren't Sia. God, Sia has written every fucking song. He's written a lot of fucking songs. Uh, Bruno Mars was another artist who wrote a lot before they had name recognition for being a singer. Anyways, thanks, thanks for the memories. I can't think of anything else to really dig into sonically. Yeah, no, I think it's... That we I haven't touched on. I think it's uh, artist annotated lyrics time, Joe. 
God, there's uh, there's so much green on this page. There's a lot of green on this page. Uh, but yeah, um, whose turn is it to start with verse one? I it's the last the well. Well, Chris fucked it up, but yeah, spoilers it's... for next week's episode. Chris <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> um, but in the canon, uh, it is my turn. Okay. Watch, someone's gonna actually be paying attention and be like, Caitlin, you're an idiot. I'm gonna be like, well. <laughs> Gonna make it bend and break. Say a prayer, but let the good times roll. In case God doesn't show. And I want these words to make things right, but it's the wrongs that make the words come to life. But who does he think he one goes i'm going to make it bend and break in parentheses it sent you to me without wings say a prayer but let the good times roll in case god doesn't show let the good times roll let the good times roll these are like background vocals Mm -hmm. and i want these words to make things right but it's the wrongs that make the words come to life who does he think he is is that's the worst you got better put your fingers back to the keys i really like this verse they just went for it in every possible way. The the layered vocals work. Mm-hmm. Patrick Patrick isn't using that deep register yet, but like even just the way he performs this first, I feel like it captures a very different energy than they really had up to this point. Yeah. My favorite thing is I just clicked the annotation on I'm gonna make it bend and break, which I always thought was I'm gonna make you bend and break. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But he he just says, he literally, like, this is a kind of a big paragraph, but literally he's just like, I don't know, I wasn't, I didn't think about it super hard. <laughs> like, he literally says, he literally says, I don't know, I never really thought about it super hard. It's just that line you walk between belief and not knowing and bending, but not breaking, and I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> sir, are I, you okay? Um- of just don't annotate it, dude. If you don't yeah, know, like if you don't know, you could just you could just not say anything. Is this the is this is this the best glimpse of honesty we've seen? Probably. <laughs> of just him being like, I don't know what I I don't I think just, this it means just, anything. It just sounded good. <laughs> Sometimes that's okay. But like the thing is, he doesn't even say that though, because he's literally like trying to make it something. He's like trying to talk mm-hmm. about like mirrors and shit, and then he's like, "I decay, man," and it's like. Just you just you didn't have to say anything. Yeah, it, it almost makes me wonder if like what this means to say is like, yeah, it means something. But like, I uh, th- this is the best way I could say it. I can't give it any more information, but there's something there. Because I can kind of understand what that's like. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's very strange. But moving on to the next annotation. Uh, <laughs> he talks about Larry David. So, so the this annotation is on, and I want these words to make things right, but it's the wrongs that make the words come to life, which I feel like is a good lyric that's like a little meta at this point in their career. I don't know, like Pete, especially with writing about relationships, and it's like 
typically he is writing about things that don't go well, that aren't bandaged up situations. He's usually talking about things that have broken bad or gotten worse, especially on Cork Tree. It really doubles down on the, the bullshit on Cork Tree. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what do you say about Larry David in here? He says it's in a Larry David kind of way. I'm a neurotic person, you know? I feel like I have a lot of empathy for people, but it's hard for me to engage it. Mm. Like it all happens in my head. So I just go over situations over and over again. Like, oh, I should have let, or should I have let that person talk? I don't know. Stupid stuff. Um, Does he get a waffle on every annotation on this song? Yeah, he also just like, honestly, I feel like that explanation takes away the lyric in and of itself. It's certainly not what I get out of it. Yeah, like, I feel like, like, I feel like this lyric is really great because there's a lot of ways that you could read it and none of them are what Mm -hmm. P. Wen said. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, it's like, it it seems like he's going really into detail and, like, not the part of the lyric that I pay any attention to. Because I'm thinking about, like, how the two lines engage each other in conversation, and it feels like he, what makes the most sense to me is that he's responding specifically to, like, the idea of not making things right, and he's like, oh, yeah, sometimes I just don't fucking do that. Sometimes I think about things that should have been made right, and I'm just like, oh, did I fuck up? Uh Uh-uh. And it's just like... Sure, okay, bud, but the lyric's really good. Yeah, no, the lyric rules, but this explanation is like, what? Yeah. Uh, should we talk about the chorus? I suppose we can. Also, actually, that last line with the who does he think he is, if that's the word you got, better put your fingers back to the keys. Do you think that's referencing, like, people talking shit about him on the internet? I mean, it's statistically likely. Oh, wait, oh, wait, according to, there's a Chris incident. I'm sorry. Oh, what? Hold on. How did, uh, according to the genius... The stars, uh, the stars have aligned. There's a, something the genius. called the Chris Please don't sponsor us. Uh, who is Chris? Who is Chris? <laughs> who are you? Why was there an incident? <laughs> I don't know. All right, yeah, so the, there is an annotation on this lyric. Who does he think he is? Uh, that, that's the worst you've got. I was going to say that might be related to... Like, just texting. The, the annotation here says text message or I am... <laughs> But it also goes on to say this is a more specific reference to the Chris incident. So I don't, I don't. The Chris incident. Who Chris is? Yeah, I don't Does fucking any, know. I have no idea. Any, is this the same Chris that we uh, love back? Okay, yeah, because this is this is a more specific reference to the Chris incident. Who does he think he is? Was a prominent part of Chris's retaliation blast on his live journal. Who? Who is Chris? Who are you, Chris? I feel Tweet like at FOBcast, F-O- F-O- hashtag who is Chris? Who is Chris? Not not Hutton. We know, we know who him. he is. He's a good boy. He's our only friend. We love him back. I don't. What is the likelihood that the Chris that they wrote about in 2003 is also this Chris who has retaliated on Live Journal in 2006? Seven. Jesus. Wild. Anyway. You want to do the chorus? The fucking Chris incident is going to bug me forever. Yes, I'll do the chorus. (laughs) Um, It's all all green. Uh, The chorus says, One night and one more time. Thanks for the memories, even though they weren't so great. He tastes like you, only sweeter. Those two lines are in quotes. Uh, And then it loops again one night. Oh, one night, yeah. And one more time. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for the memories. See, he tastes like you. Only sweeter. So very slight changes on the second half. There's, I, I was listening to this before recording this evening, and 
I was thinking about the lyric, thanks for the memories, even though they weren't so great. And I was like, this lyric, much like the film Toy Story, <laughs> is something that's extremely good, but I can't truly engage with how good it is because it has just been a part of my brain for so long. That's fair. I'm like, this was probably, this was like, this was so good at the time. And now it's just commonplace. Yeah. Hey, Joe. Yes. Shout out to Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> Why? That's in Why? this annotation. Oh, okay, yes, it sure is. Shout out to Julia Roberts. She's awesome. And then uh, a comment. I, I don't know what the whole, I haven't read the whole annotation, but someone did comment, so BJ or nah. Also, like, okay, so he's referencing a film in this move, in this annotation, but I don't know what movie he's talking about. Uh, does he Obviously a Julia Roberts movie, but that doesn't fucking narrow it down. He tastes like you, only sweeter. Is this the name of a movie? Am I just... I'm Googling. Pete, what are you talking about? Oh, I think it is a movie quote. Uh, it's a movie quote from Closer, 2004 film. The quote reads, If you love me enough, you'll forgive me. He tastes like you, but sweeter. And yeah, I guess Julia Roberts says it. Hmm. Very strange that he just assumes everyone knows when he writes it. But I maybe they do. Maybe yeah. it's I'm Humeron. I've yeah, never maybe. seen the film. I do love Julia Roberts, though. Is it Roberts, just because we're baby? It could be. Julia Roberts is great. One of my favorite bits in Ocean's 12 is entirely pivotal on Julia Roberts. I don't know that I've seen that film. Um, but anyway, I like this chorus. Um, I think that Pete Wentz's annotations are fucking nonsense. Um, but I do like the idea of, like... Because, like, he talks about, like, Thanks for the Memories basically being about, like... Or, like, Thanks for the Memories, even though they weren't so great, basically being, like, FOMO. And, like, how when you see cool shit happening on Instagram, it's better on Instagram than it is in real life. And I don't really know how that, like, I mean, I guess I'm sure that happened to a degree back when this song was Instagram written. Instagram didn't exist yeah, Instagram in 2007. Didn't exist. So shut the fuck <laughs> up. But, like, I think it is relatable to be like, hey, like, let's, like, I, I always thought of it more as, like, hanging out with someone who, like, maybe you don't hang out with anymore. Sure. Um, Who, like, kind of sucks, but, like... You have, like, your last hurrah, and you're just like, yeah, like... For me, I I've always viewed it through a lens of, like, being a very bitter breakup lyric. Just, like... Yeah. Th like, thanks for the memories, even though, like, we have a lot of bad memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I, I have plenty of things that I'm, like, weirdly nostalgic for, despite not being good. Yeah. Lyric's great. I don't get exactly, like, what he's saying about it in this annotation. Or rather, I get what he's saying in the annotation. I feel like it's disconnected from the lyric it's attached to. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, if that's a side effect of just, like, his perspective on the song changing after so long. See, these annotations are three years old, and the song is, uh, what, 13 years old? So mm -hmm. it's like a... That's a gap. But uh, it slaps. I like it a lot. I like it a lot, too. All right. So verse two goes, Been looking forward to the future, but my eyesight is going bad. And this crystal ball is always cloudy except for, except for, when you look into the past, look into the past, one night stand, one night stand off. Um, which that part's cool. Um, it is. I like, hold on, I just read like a single line out of the annotation and I, my entire body shut down. Uh <laughs> The verse, the verse is great. Is I it, love the is vocal. Is it the first line of the sanitation? No, it's the third one. I I love the vocal layering of this verse. I love the way Patrick in the background vocal goes so much higher 
um, and like the accepts for and the look into the past. I love the the falsetto he gets to uh, at the end of it. And the lyrics are good. And uh, this annotation talks about killing Hitler. I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how we get from point A to point B. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I have no answers. He's talking about time travel. Yeah, which like I get kind of because it's talking about looking to the forward to the future but like sir you can't say literally the first sentence of this annotation is the metaphor bag is stuffed full but then you're treating it like it's a literal thing uh huh yeah well yeah because the lyrics like and i feel like looking forward to the future but my eyesight is going bad is like in itself really good like i don't think that needs to be dug in too much more which is i think a strength of it is how it gracefully describes what it's talking about really well um, and then it starts talking about the the crystal ball being cloudy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the I, the annotation talking about like time traveling, but not being able to do anything when time traveling is strange. Yeah, it's just very funky. He does specify the lyric isn't about Hitler. He t- he brings it up and then says the lyric mm-hmm. isn't about that, by the way. So <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I do. I do really like the I like the idea of looking forward to the future, but my eyesight is going bad and this crystal mm-hmm. ball is always cloudy. I think that's a very cool um, idea of like the thing that you're trying to use to see into the future doesn't work. It only works to look at stuff that's already happened. Yeah. And like, I, I don't like the idea of like the one night stand because that's kind of like a little bit too much of like a dig. But I do like the one night stand off thing because I think that goes back into the idea of like one night, one more time. Yeah. I feel like that's the the only thing in the song I really find disconnected overall. Because I feel like, okay, now, I don't know if it's because it's so specific about, like, about being a one-night stand or, like, it, like I think it connects to the lyrics in the chorus. I just feel like, like, verse one is so cohesive and verse two is, like, really cohesive. And then he says one-night stand and then the chorus plays again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cor- yeah, the chorus is great. It's still good. All these annotations are the same. Um, <laughs> shout out to Julia Roberts. Uh, and then the bridge, the bridge changes up with some flamenco guitars, and it says some of my favorite follow-up boy lyrics, such as, they say I only think in the form of crunching numbers, in hotel rooms, collecting page six lovers, get me out of my mind and get you out of those clothes. I'm a liner away. From getting you into the mood. Whoa. And then the chorus goes again forever until we die.
I also didn't realize that was that said liner. I always thought it said I'm the ladder away. Like, oh. like if I'm doing if we if you get me out of my mind, then I can get you into the mood. Or if I can get you out of the clothes and I get you the mood, whatever. However, ladder works. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a point A, point B situation. I thought it was line away. Like I thought it was talking about again, like how good he is at writing songs. But I guess it's not specifically that. Yeah, I don't know. Collecting six-page six lovers. I assume that's, like, accounting shit. I don't know. Is it a term? Question <laughs> mark. I'm not even sure. I think it, this is, a, like, he took a proper noun and turned it into a yeah. term like this. Uh, yeah, because yeah, page... It's the other... Yeah, page six would be a place where a lot of New York and Hollywood gossip ends up. Yeah, it's uh, according to another annotation... That isn't from Pete. It just says page six is the gossip page of New York Post. But yeah, I mean, sure, he has been with famous people. That, that Then his personal life becomes... I was trying to think... Like, my brain was like trying to think of the word like tabloid. But I was thinking of paparazzi. And then I was like, no, propaganda? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, yeah, I mean, that's fine. Um, that vividly reminds me of like a whole fucking chapter of gray unfortunately god but uh yeah i think the the i I really like the lyric they say i only think in the form of crunching numbers um i don't know exactly why so much as i'm just like yeah it's a good lyric i like it i think it obviously like it continues into um the the next lyrics about like hooking up and it being very related to publicity in a way that i think um is effective for what it's trying to say, but just in a vacuum, I like the lyric a lot as well. Yeah, I dig it. I think it's very good. I just think the song slaps. I think Pete Wentz's thoughts on the song don't slap, but... It's, yeah, it's uh, whatever the opposite of illuminating is. The song, on its own, uh, is great. I think um, I think this is like probably one of the best examples of him writing about this stuff and not feeling like it's just... like It seems like he's talking about... Uh, the side effect of this being a part of the industry he's in without like there's a cynicism to it there's a darkness in the lyrics and the the like the tones of the song but i don't feel like it's gross or petty the way a lot of other like like the the way that chapter in gray is yeah <laughs> even though this could very well be about the exact same situation i i think like this works yeah, this is like, this is just enough where it's like, it, I understand like being kind of pissed at someone you used to date or being like kind of eh about them, but like it's not like going for the fucking throat about it. Th- thanks for the memories, even though they weren't so great, is exactly what Pete tries to go for without any of the, it's like, it's not like thanks for the memories, they weren't great, so I hope you die or something, which is what like literally he does in other songs. Yeah. But this. This he tastes like you only sweeter. That's a movie reference, and it's good out of context. There's like a whole generation of people our age who have never heard of that fucking movie, but know that line. Yeah, <laughs> which is also true of like probably six Panic the Disco titles. Yeah, probably. Honestly, I think there. I think that these this era of folks mm. music is very ripe for producing that exact fucking result. <laughs> yeah, those are the two bands I go to, but I know that like other bands in the scene and adjacent scenes also did that shit i think i i always dunk on panic because there's two songs on fever you can't sweat out that are collectively one movie quote it's like but they're not next to each other on the track list it's like four and eight or something it's bullshit 
Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, Josie and the Pussycats, great movie. Mm-hmm. I would love to have Pete on the podcast to talk about it he needs to give me a copy of take this to your grave and i which i've you know i asked for it in the first episode still hasn't arrived it's been over a year yeah i know things are weird right now but but they weren't when you asked he's a, yeah he's a busy man right like now he probably has time to catch up on the podcast and um <laughs> you know like dig through his closet for that blue vinyl but uh but yeah i don't know um i'm just ready for it whenever pete Jesus, this fucking video. We, I think it's time. Yeah, I think we just gotta bite the bullet. So the video is Fallout Boy trying to shoot their music video for this song. Mm-hmm. And it, all of the directors and stagehands and like production people are monkeys and apes um, for some reason. And the director is like wearing a fedora. He's a chimpanzee uh-huh. in a fedora and he's an asshole. There's also, yeah, there's also some monkey groupies as well. Yeah, and, like, it's just literally, like, the saga of the Fallout Boys, like, fighting with this chimpanzee over, like, how he's directing. And then Uh there's a part where, like, there's a scene where fucking Kim Kardashian is there. And Pete is supposed to make out with her for a scene, but the monkey director, like doesn't like how he's doing it so he goes in to show him and is like and then there's like a weird rivalry between them and then like she like shows up in pete's dressing room and kisses him Uh anyway and then like they Uh end up getting into like an argument about it basically while they're trying to film the video and pete and the fallout boys just start like smashing the stage and it's just like how it's just pete i think oh yeah it is just pete pete's just like throwing shit and the rest of the dudes are just like okay yeah, yeah, so he makes out with Kim Kardashian, and then later, I think it's insinuating that she has a relationship with the monkey director, and that pisses him off, Pete, it pisses Pete off, who then, like, yeah, smashes his bass and some And the microphone shit. stand and one of AMD's symbols. It's very bizarre. Kim is doing her best at, like, trying to nod along to a song while surrounded by monkeys. It's so weird. I don't... This video it's, is super weird. It's strange. It reminds me of Babe Pig in the City, but not, like, in a good way. <laughs> I could see that, yeah. Shout out to Babe. Good pig. Shout out to Babe! It's a good pig! We don't talk enough about how Babe is a good pig. We really don't. I don't even remember the last time I talked to someone about Babe. Uh, right now. <laughs> right? Literally, this is the first time I've talked about Babe in my adult life. It's very possible. <laughs> good movies. Anyways. Good pig. Thank the pig. This, mo- this video, I would say, not as effective at utilizing or directing chimpanzees no but i did think the part where the chimp grabs the guitar and like does one of the joe Trumman guitar spins was very very good very yeah yeah they had me with that one um there's also damn that chimpanzee is more talented than me (laughs) well yeah it's it's because pete and and joe are both doing the fucking spins and then yeah the monkey yells at them and says no we will do it and he like <laughs> takes the bass and spins around, and he's he's pretty sweet. I was all right at it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then pa- yeah, Patrick plays chess with one of them. Yeah, he plays chess with like an orangutan for some reason. Yeah. Also, the craft services has like a ton of food on the table, but the guy in charge only gives them bananas. Uh huh. It's just a weird video. I don't really get like I was thinking about it, and I was like, is this supposed to be like them talking shit about like pr- the production crews they've been working with lately, or like? I don't know. I don't know if there's a point. It's just fucking weird. It's very weird. It, I'm kind of surprised 
more people aren't talking about how weird it is. <laughs> like, still. To, I don't know if it's, like... Like, the song is so much just in my canon now. I wonder if the video is for everyone else. And yeah, I am and just I late like, to the party. Like, how often do... How, how often do any of us think about, like, music videos from 2007? Like... There's just something about the like that era of music videos is like extremely cursed, and I feel like everybody just kind of goes like, "I do not see it." I yeah, I am choosing not to look at it. <laughs> I I mean, we have talked on the show before about how regularly I I have the have Pete falling out the window on loop in my brain. Uh, <laughs> that is that's still true. But other, I don't remember what year that was. Um, that's that's Arms Race. That would have been oh six or oh seven. Yes. So I guess other, I guess just that one. That one haunts me. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair one to be haunted by, though, I feel. This is one where it's just, like, so bizarre. I feel like the brain is just like, nope, just gonna reject that. I- extremely, yeah. I don't think I have anything else to say. Me either. I am I am baffled by what the fucking Chris incident is. Me too. What the fuck? I'm gonna Google it. Fallout Boy Reddit, what happened to Chris? <laughs> okay, well this is about this is about uh grenade jumper. I guess they f- I guess they fell out. I guess Chris is the Fallout Boy. Well shit. Damn. Bummer. It's it's very funny that alright, so spoilers, Grenade Jumper is our song for next week. We've already recorded it with our good friend Chris, but I hope he never makes a long post about us calling us fucking sellouts. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing is that Live Journal doesn't exist anymore. So that is true. Yeah, we love our Chris. I'm, it's a bummer that there was an incident. Yeah, I'm really sad about this. Actually, this is a bummer turn of events. Yeah, yeah. just uh, that's what we get for doing these out of order. So next time, y'all will just hear all of our good spirits, and we won't be talking about the Chris incident. It's true. The cri- the the incident. Oh. <laughs> We've all learned something here today. That's the podcast. I've learned mm-hmm. things about Julia Roberts' filmography and Live Journal, mm-hmm. and that Pete Wentz likes Josie and the Pussycats. It's a good movie. That's my rec- that's my that's my pull for uh, <laughs> that's my pairing for this uh, week. It's just it's just watch this movie. <laughs> what? Yeah, the whole movie. I'm gonna put the whole soundtrack on the fucking uh, on the playlist. No, I won't. But I'll pick something. And we expect you to listen to all of it. Yes, I mean you should, but I won't put it all there. Caitlin! Yes, Joe. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on twitter.com at cgnars or over on my mostly video games website, uppercutcrit.com. Hell yeah! You can find myself on social media, Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J. Oh, I just got extremely sleepy. Good thing we're done. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know what else to I don't know what to plug. I feel like I've 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 um, got okay. I got it. I got it. All right. Oh shit. So so you can go to the Orange Ghost Discord server and go to our channel and talk about the show. You can follow us on Twitter for occasional shit posts and even rare uh, episode tweets at SWGDPod. You can support the network that this show is on on Patreon. Uh, Patreon dot com forward slash the Orange Groves. Yes. Okay, dope. It's also on the website. And if you support at, I don't remember which level, you get cut content from us in which you will hear all kinds of wild bullshit. Um, And it's pretty good. There's probably the first, like, four minutes of our recording of this episode up there. Oh, yeah. I had to figure out how to 
say the whole intro with no vowels, <laughs> um, which I did out loud. Um, but yeah, it's dope. You should support the network. The network is able to help other uh, marginalized folks make podcasts, and uh, it's pretty cool, so you should support that. And yeah, I think that's it. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, we just had a new show, show join the network, uh, a Beastars podcast, the Cherryton School Report. You can find that up on the website. I think that's it. Yeah, the pairing playlist will mm-hmm. be linked in the show notes, or you can search FOB Cast on Spotify. Yeah, and I think you said all the other things for me. Yeah. You can't see, but I'm finger gunsing. Yes, Joe. <laughs> Is this more than you bargained for yet? No. Just I think it might have been. The video was maybe a little bit. For. The video was a little more than I bargained for. The song itself. Totally I don't know. I, expected. I don't know how I made it to the year of our Lord 2020 without fucking knowing that this video was that so is absurd. Super fucking wild to me, but Ugh. you know, shit happens. It does. Well, um, we've already basically uh, explained what the next episode is, but uh, you can check back in next Wednesday to hear our episode on Grenade Jumper with friend of the show Chris Hutton. It's a very fun episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, listen to it then. Goodbye. Goodbye. We know, we know, we know it's another freaking piece of media about the Marmoset Chronicles. Before you stop us, we know that this series of movies has been talked about and deliberated on in analysis on characters, plot, cinematography, everything under the sun. And we know what you're thinking. Why do I want to listen to these two assholes talk about it? Well, we're going to try to come at it from a slightly different angle. We're talking about these movies and how they relate to us and the world in which we live in, a post-Marmoset Chronicles world, so to speak. And you can listen to us make our slow, laborious way through this eight-movie epic on your podcast catcher of choice every week until we make it through them all. Which will hopefully not take the 16 years it took the eight movies to come out. (laughs) Or maybe if it does, send help. We might have fallen down a time hole. So join us on The Marmoset Chronicles, a personal retrospective.